Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Mission Control. I'm your host, Paul Schmidt, and this is a podcast about and for nonprofit organizations and the nuts and bolts within. And I'm here with my co-host, Cindy Kangas. Hey, Cindy, how you doing? Hi. I'm awesome. Oh, how are you? I'm I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. Uh, it's all good. And I'm excited about today's episode because we get to talk. I'm excited about all the episodes. Don't get me wrong. But this one, we're talking about something that that uh, is really near and dear to my heart, and that is networking. And I know as an avid networking worker as you are, Cindy, why don't you give some uh, – how, how does how important is networking to you within the nonprofit realm and all the stuff that you've done? Sure. Well, I think networking is important to anyone, any business owner of any size. It, it – builds your business connections, you get fresh ideas, it raises your profile, sometimes it can advance your career, you learn, you know, a lot of knowledge about other jobs and industries, you get career advice, that sort of thing. It builds confidence, to be honest. In the nonprofit realm, it's just a smidge different from that because you're oftentimes looking for strategic partners or mentorship. Sometimes you're well, you're always looking to share your mission with people with the hopes that they will become walking advocates for your organization. And ultimately, you may need um, donors or, or volunteers to help you with um, support of your mission. So it's, it's huge for the nonprofit world to get out there and share their mission. And we, I call it my little elevator pitch, my little two or three sentence elevator pitch that I use when you go around in a circle and you you say who you are and where you're from and and what you do and and ultimately you know it it pays off because a lot of these organizations have a mantra to do business with someone that's already in the in the organization do business with a member and that's how it happens or or just do business with someone that you know it's huge paul it's huge no i agree and and tell me just real quick what is one of the biggest success stories you've had from networking? Um, I was sitting next to um, a gentleman from a large organization, and I was just talking to him about what I do and where I work. And I followed up with an email and I sent him a, a note card in the mail. And then I invited him in for a tour of my nonprofit and come to find out he had a connection to the mission. He had experienced something very similar to what the children at my nonprofit had experienced. And then slowly um, we built our relationship and he became a donor and a board member. And, and again, you're not going to get that from everyone, but even if you do get one volunteer, that's priceless. If you get one person walking around sharing your, your message with someone else, there's really no, you can't put a value on that. It's huge. Yeah, absolutely. I completely heartedly agree. And to talk more about this, we have a special guest, uh, Rita Lamoureux, someone that we both know. And uh, it's time to hear a little bit more about how she feels about networking, both virtually and in person, and how important it is for your nonprofit. So we're going to bring her in now. Yay. Hi, Rita. How are you Hi. doing? 
Hey, I'm so excited to be here with both of you, two of my favorite people. Oh, we're, we're excited that you're here, and I'd like to welcome Rita to the show. So for those who haven't heard or talked with you or met you or know what you do, talk a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, I will lead off with I'm a professional volunteer. <laughs> I'm a real sucker for groups that need help. And actually, because of that, I built a career off of that. I started years ago volunteering for groups. Actually, when I was 19, I volunteered at the State Museum. Then I volunteered at Turner Dodge House after that and just became a professional volunteer and started volunteering in nonprofits that I love the mission for. So when I went to get my master's, I was able to get my master's in nonprofit administration because I loved it so much. Uh, a couple, actually, two years now, two years ago, when I decided to do something new, I started my own business to help nonprofits. I help with administration, fundraising, grant writing, anything you can do for nonprofits because I have such a great love for them. Uh, so I still am a professional volunteer. I'm about on about six boards, I think. I forget. I have. I keep my LinkedIn profile so I can remember what boards I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I do it. So that's kind of my background on my love for nonprofits, how I got to my own business to help nonprofits. I love that you're talking about networking. As you were talking, I figured out I have a good story to show you how um, networking and nonprofits can help. When I started the Delta Township Historical Society back in 2006, my dad was helping me out. He, he was really good at networking with people. He said, what you really need to do is you need to go talk to the Rotary Club. You need to go join the Rotary Club, get in there, get to know all the people because that's where the people in Delta Township are. So I went there and I found I loved the group. I love the mission of serving people. I love that I could network with people. I grew the historical society through those people. And so it was served in a lot of ways. It served me professionally and mentally it served me in my heart because I was able to help people. So that kind of gave me a great overview for networking and I built my network out from there. Rita, I know that you are the new district governor of Rotary, and I am also Rotarian, so I have a lot of appreciation for that. But could you talk a little bit about the difference between networking at a service club and networking at another group, maybe that's more just a social club? Yes, sure can. So there are different groups. You have the chamber groups. Uh, there's a lot of local chamber groups around here. You can go network at those, meet the business people, meet all community leaders. You get in there and you get to know people that way. But serving, going into a service group, you still have those same people, the business people, yet you have a way to help the community. So the Rotary Clubs of the area all have a service mission to help the community. So you can go out and you can do a service project such as cleaning up a park and you could be right alongside the CEO of a company. So you could be a person like Cindy, who is a fundraiser. 
out picking up trash with the CEO of an insurance company because you're all part of Rotary doing a service mission. At the chamber groups, it's the same thing, but you're, you're in more of a business atmosphere. So sometimes people don't let down their guards. So they won't tell you those stories like Cindy mentioned earlier about how your mission of your charity affected them. When you're in a business atmosphere, you won't, you don't let down your guard as much. When you're at lunch with people in a Rotary Club, in a Kiwanis Club, a Lions Club, you're sitting there eating lunch. You're also talking about your vulnerabilities. So it's a, a lot more fulfilling being in a service club because you get to help people, but also people are letting down their guard. So it's the greatest form of networking to me because you do expand your network, but you also get to learn so much more about people and what drives them. And so what do you, you what do you look for um, when you are in uh, the most when it comes to these networking groups? I know that you mentioned service-based versus social-based. What, what aspects to these groups trigger you to join or interest you? What, what are the things that you're looking for that you feel could help other nonprofits as well? Um, I can kind of tell you when, when I started my business two years ago, what I did was I wanted to join as many groups as possible. But as we all know, you could be in a networking event 24 hours a day in Lansing. You could, yeah, you could go morning to night. So what I look for when I am looking for, how does this serve me first? Yes, you wanna serve your company, but you don't want to be somewhere that you don't want to be at. And being with Rotary, Yes, I'm going to be the district governor of Rotary starting July, and I'm Rotary all the way. I'm wearing my Rotary fleece because I love that it is service-based, but some it's not for everybody. Kiwanis, Lions might for, be for everybody. So what I tell people is start with your community. Start with where you live. Go to the groups where you live because those are going to be the ones that you are going to be most comfortable in. You are going to build your network where you are comfortable and you're going to build your network with people that are, have the same mission you have. So with myself, I have parameters. I could be on 20 million boards and be happy, but because I love being on so board so much, I set up parameters for myself. It has to be in my community, Delta Township. It has to serve children of the community. It has to be either Lansing School District or it has to be Waverly Schools because those are the ones that I have uh, a passion for. And it has to, or it has to be Lansing Community College. If it's outside of those realms, the only way that I will be on it is if it helps my business, if it will completely help my business go forward. So I actually got into Rotary, the assistant governor job, because I was starting my business and I figured, okay, I can go to all the clubs and get to meet people and expand my network for my business. And I found I loved it so much. 
So then I decided to go to be governor, but I am happy doing it because it makes me happy. So everybody sees that if you're in a networking group and you are miserable, you don't like the people, you don't like the community, you don't like the mission, they're all going to see it and they're not going to want to do business with you or your nonprofit. But if you can go to a networking group and they have the same passion you have, such as Cindy with Ellie's Place, everybody in that room is going to have somebody affected by death at one time or another. They're going to have, with my historical society, the people in my township are going to know the different history places. So if you're in a room and you have a passion for what you're talking about and the people have a passion with you, then it will all work together and you will be the star of the show. <laughs> I think what people don't know is that a lot of these groups, Kiwanis, Rotary, they have guest speakers that are oftentimes from local nonprofits. Can you talk a little bit about that and how um, nonprofits can take advantage of that? Oh, they sure do. Uh, the best way to do is find the local club and connect with them for your nonprofit because they have at Rotary Clubs a speaker every week. So they are hurting for speakers every week at these clubs. And these clubs want to hear how your organization is helping people. So, yeah, we have we want to hear how manufacturers are helping the community. We want to hear about how science is working. But what we really want to hear as passion, mission driven people is how your nonprofit is helping people. So when you go to one of these groups, nonprofits are the greatest people to hear as a speaker. And the times that the club, the room will be full is when there's a nonprofit speaking. So the best way you can do is go on to either Kiwanis, I think it's Kiwanis.org, Lions, Rotary.org. They all have club lookups and they all have the leadership team on their websites. Contact them for your nonprofit. And that way, just say, I'm willing to go out and talk. And if you're not willing to talk, Find somebody else. Find a board member who has a passion for it. But it's, I mean, networking is a lot easier than people think. I used to be scared to death to walk into a room and I never would talk in front of people. But I have just learned you walk in the room and you say, hi, I'm Rita. I'm with the Delta Township Historical Society. That gets them going. That's all you have to say. And if you don't want to speak in front of the group, you take your board members because those are the ones with passions. But that is an amazing way to get in front of these groups is to be a guest speaker. Now, over the past year, obviously, with we're in the midst of a pandemic still. The shift of networking has changed a little. Well, Obviously, we're all used to it now, but it's now gone virtual. How important is still attending these networking events, even though it's not going to have the same feel? It's not going to have the same, could, could potentially not have the same impact. Talk to me a little bit about that, because I know that I've seen you both at different things on the screen. And so how, how do you... For those that don't like to go network, even in person, how do you how are you able to pull them in or talk about the importance of networking in, in more of a digital virtual space? 
you know, it's funny because right now we're seeing a lot of the same people more than we used to see. Usually we'd go to the networking events. I'd see Cindy maybe twice a week or at the most or three times a month. Now, because it is so easy right now to get out and network and people think it's harder, it's actually easier. Instead of having to divide your time between three or four in-person meetings a week, you could go to three or four meetings a day and just being there. To me, it actually has raised the profile of people because you have your physical face, you have your name. If you're looking at the screen right now, you see my name. You can go look me up right now on the computer, find out where I work. If you're in a room for a chamber event, you can find out where every single one of those people work. If you're a fundraiser, you can find out the wealth of them. You can go into all the background for them. You can't do that in a live per, in, in a live setting. You also have the chat box, and I'm always instant messaging people during the chat. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's just friends. Sometimes it's people I haven't seen for months, and I go, "Hey, how you doing?" So to me, it actually has been amazing the networking, and because you can hit more places. And you can connect with more people and you can learn more about them. But for people who are afraid of it, you just have to adapt. <laughs> it's just the way it'll be. And I kind of don't, in some ways, I don't want to go back in person because I'm going to be missing some opportunities mm. because I can hit so many things right now. But, you know, the virtual world has opened it all up. I have networked with people all around the world. I've networked with people all over Michigan. I'm able as uh, with all of the groups that I belong to, I can have Zooms with nonprofits in Detroit right now. And we've, as a Rotary person, we've been able to get speakers for Rotary clubs from all over the world right now. So your nonprofit, if you go talk, you want to get into Detroit for your nonprofit, you can ask a Rotary club to come on their Zoom and talk. So it really expands the world for your networking. It's incredible. And if people had asked me a year ago about this, I would say, no, you should go in person. No, online is amazing for meeting people. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, with that, you know, whether it's virtual or um, in person, what are some I don't want best practices you do you have for nonprofits when they dive into the networking space? Either one of you. What are some best practices that um, a nonprofit should think about doing? Uh, because you guys are the experts um, to uh, to approach a uh, approach a networking event and either uh, and what to do afterwards or even while they're in the moment. What are some what are some good tips that you guys may have for that? You know what's funny is I didn't when I became governor, I, I was kind of fast tracked. I didn't have any rotary clothes. I had nothing because I don't wear logos for anything. I I my feeling is I'm so spread out with everything I love. I don't want to wear logos for anything. I went out and bought all these rotary fleeces. I have probably about four of these. I have three sweatshirts. I have polos. 
I wore one, I think there was one day this fall, Cindy was there. I wore two fleeces. I had my rotary mask. I had my rotary mug. I think I had something else rotary. And I had a girl come up to me and she goes, so obviously you work for rotary. <laughs> like, uh, kind of. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's the visibility. Uh, you have little things like that. I never would have thought of logo wear before. It's just because it wasn't in my realm. There's also taking props with you. You, If you're one of those groups that gives out teddy bears to children after an accident, you could take a teddy bear chain and bring it with you and people start asking about that. Uh, the main thing I always say for visibility, just introduce yourself. That's the number one thing. You just go up and not be afraid to say hi to people. So, but Cindy, really, she's the pro at this. <laughs> Sounds bad, but I do know how to work a room. You, know? you, you really do. You are one of the best. And I have to say, I met Cindy at Rotary. She was part of my Rotary Club. And that's how we got to know each other. In person, I always like, be sure that you have your name tag on the right side, on your right side, because people often shake hands with their right hand and they look right here at you and they'll look at your name tag. That's key. Um, I think that a lot of people also, when they're networking, they tend to just find a group of people they already know and they just congregate and they stay. And to me, it's like, I'm going to go in, say a couple things, grab some cards, say nice to meet you. And I'm going to try and, you know, slowly migrate to the next one so that I'm not just networking with the same group and I should be leaving with a handful of business cards. Um, on Zoom, you know, I'm sending people private chats. If ever there's a time for us to do a business roundtable and they say, does anyone want to say something about their business? Always raise your hand, whether it's just here's my website and I'm looking for volunteers or hey, here's my special event. It doesn't matter. Don't think that you don't have anything to, to say. Always raise your hand. And then I think that there's something to a follow up. Now it's more of an email. But when you go when we go back to in person, something that I do that not a lot of people do is I write a handwritten. So we've got these really cool note cards at my work that have kids drawings on the front. And I'll just write a little note. It was great to meet you at the downtown business huddle or at the whole diamond dale business alliance i look forward to seeing you at future events put another one of my cards in there send it to them and then i'll look them up on linkedin and i'll try and find them and make a connection on linkedin so there's no way they can forget me like i i reached out i've emailed i sent them a card i've looked for them on linkedin so the next time they see me they feel like they know me that people will come up to me all the time. Cindy, how are you? I don't even have to start conversations sometimes because I feel like I've grown and I've developed this kind of method of getting to know people quickly, fast paced. I don't underestimate the follow up and the thank you. You know, Cindy, that is the number one thing, the follow up, because I learned real early on if I didn't do that follow-up, people would not do anything for me. Mm -hmm. So it's that follow-up. So I write notes while I'm in meetings. If I'm out in public, I get the card, I write a note, I get back to the office and you email what you said you would email them. 
you email your hi. That follow-up is so important. And while you're talking, I thought of my one, it's kind of a game I play. I always walk in a room and I pick the table where I don't know people. Because to me, that is exciting. Because mm -hmm. I, you know, you sit with the same people all the time. You're not learning anything new. But if you sit with a table that you know absolutely no one, they get to know you, you get to know them, you're expanding your network. And to me, that's fun. I love that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of good tips. Cindy really is the best at this. Well, here's a question for, for you guys. It's like, number one, what is the rule of thumb for follow-up? Is it 24 hours? Is it seven days? What What are you... I mean, I don't know. I don't want to call it rule of thumb, but what is your, what is your process? Don't wait. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you don't want to wait. As soon as I go back from a networking event, I will sit down and write cards because it takes a minute for those to get through the mail. They should get those within a week. And, and if I'm not sending a card, I'll go back and send an email within 24 hours. You don't want to lose focus because they just met you in 48 hours. They would have gone to three or four more more events and you're not on top of mind anymore. There have been times yeah. when I've, I've you know, been at a networking event and I've met someone. It was time to sit down and eat or sit down and listen to a speaker. And I'm on my phone looking people up on LinkedIn and sending them connections so that when they get back to work, they see Cindy just requested me on LinkedIn. And it's instant. Don't wait. You're right. Actually, you're right. I have I had a meeting last week with a woman and I said that I would follow up with her. And that was last Thursday. And I still have the note on my desk. And so she's going to think because I haven't followed up with what I was going to get her. She's going to think I have no follow through. So it, I really have to get that to her or else it will look bad on me and bad on my business. So hopefully I'll get that done today. Here's another question, because I like these. What is your trick to remembering people? Because like you said, and I know that I do it, I run into it too. You meet a ton of people at these um, events. And like, and Cindy, I think it was you who said, sometimes they come up to me and say, Cindy, how are you? And what? how do you have the recall? How do you guys work on the recall? You don't. Yeah. You pretend a lot. It usually takes me once twice meeting someone before. I, I mean, unless I have a really in-depth conversation with someone, you know, and I haven't seen them or there was no follow-up afterwards, it may take me a moment, you know, especially if I'm at a different networking association or a different networking group because I don't have the association of, oh, they were here last week. That's Jeff, and we talked about you know banks or something. No, if if I see them in the grocery store and they say hi to me, I'm like, oh, is that Fred from like who? You know, I. The key is when you're talking to them, try and find some sort of detail. Oh, I met Rita. Rita um, volunteered at the Turner Dodge House. I was on the board of the Turner Dodge House for a moment. That's how I'm going to remember Rita. So you have to kind of come up with these little mnemonic devices and hope for the best and know that Lansing, you know, we, we all have grace. I'll have grace. Not everybody's going to remember me. I've gone up to people before and they've called me, you know, Karen or something. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm from Ellie's place. You know, it's 
it's a, or maybe they're just calling me a Karen, Paul. I didn't think about that, but you I said it. it is. I did not. <laughs> you, you know, I find ask them about their family. If you are asking someone about their family, you're more likely to remember them. Personal details are what they remember, not where you work, not any of that. So if you get in a conversation and go, where'd you go to school? I mean, I will remember anybody that went to Sexton. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, that's my thing. So I'll remember it, but I'll remember if they went to the rival school. So it's finally finding those personal connections is how you remember them. But I do have many times that I pretend to know people and I have no clue because I have a really, I have a really bad memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're all human. Yeah, I yes. know. I know. I threw that at you guys just to see what, because I know that I some I I have the same issue. There's times that somebody will say, "What gets me is something will remember my name," and I'm like, "Great!" So I'll just have to just smile and be like, "Oh, it's so good to see you." Like, I don't know if your daughter gets this, but my daughter has people come up to her and say, "Oh, aren't you Eden?" Oh yeah, I know your oh, mom. Oh boy. Oh man, what was my mom saying? I mean, because I know a lot of people and they feel like they know her because they've seen her or they've seen pictures of her. I've shared information about her. So it's 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 so funny just to see how networking can can affect not just you but everyone in your family and your circle. It's it's fun. I mean, once I got into it, I love it because I get to meet so many people of so many backgrounds with so many different loves and and learn about their families. I'm always amazed at how much I can remember, but it, it has become a lot of fun. And 20 years ago, if you'd asked me on a podcast for networking, I would have said I have no clue about this, but it, it becomes an art if you do it enough. It's just getting out there and doing it is the hard part, but you do it because you need to grow your business and your nonprofit. And speaking of learning more about you, how can we learn more about you? How can the audience learn more about who you are, Rita? Where do we, where do they go? Oh, well, I was going to say right now I could write a book. I could tell you the whole <laughs> world, but I think it would be better either to connect with me on LinkedIn or my website, which is LaCourConsultants.com. You can learn about myself. My husband is on there. He's my business partner and you can learn everything I do. And LinkedIn has my resume. Uh, that's where I have all the boards that I'm on because I have to. That's the only way I remember what boards I'm on. So you can look that up. I'm also on Facebook. I do Facebook a little bit too much. <laughs> or you can call and text me, email me, whatever you want. But I'm all over the Internet, too. So feel free to go and Google me. Awesome. Well, thanks for being our guest this week, Rita. Really appreciate all the insight and tips and stuff like that about networking. And I appreciate everybody who's listening in on this. As you, if it's, um, don't forget, you can catch this podcast on all the podcast platforms or catch it on YouTube as well. But thanks for joining us. Please let your friends know that we're doing this. Let your colleagues know in the nonprofit world that we've got a special show just for them. And until next time, uh, with Cindy, I'm Paul. We'll see you next time.